Welcome to the podcast, broadcast, dog whining, cigar smoking, panic attack with Big John. You can like, share, and subscribe. Uh, This is on uh, anchor.fm and all other podcasting platforms free of charge. Also on YouTube, as well as you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at the real underscore Big John, and then on Facebook, John Morrow, a conservative op-ed page. So, Kaylee McEnany, McEnany, Macadaddy, Macamama. One hot mama. Yeah, she uh, evidently upset ye mayor of Chicago, Mayor Lightning Foot. Sounds like a... That just reminds me of a Native American name. I don't know. She's probably more Native American than Elizabeth Warren is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh... Yeah, she, um, let's read here. The headline says, this is from CNN, the Clinton News Network. Chicago mayor tells White House press secretary, hey, Karen, watch your mouth after criticism. Now, the term Karen, one, doesn't fit Kaylee McEnany because she's, she's a boss. She, she's straight up just badass with the media. Uh, Karen is a term for, I, I usually see it and hear it in reference to a white woman who's complaining uh, and panicking and calling the police or, or overreacting to something. And to me, it's it's the way this woman's using it, it's a racial slur, right? The, the mayor of Chicago is uh, African-American. Oh, pardon me. It's Lori Lightfoot. I keep calling her Lightning Foot. Lori Lightfoot. Uh, So I guess she sent this in a tweet. Hey, Karen, watch your mouth. Uh, And it's in response, or she retweeted with a comment, a tweet from Brian Bennett. And Brian wrote, White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany just called Lori Lightfoot the derelict mayor of Chicago and said she should request federal help to secure the city. Well, that's true. (laughs) 
Um, I don't know about the derelict part now. Uh, that's, you know, reference to somebody who's of low intelligence. But the fact that uh, Chicago needs some help, you know, my first thought was, okay, one, the term Karen is a racial slur. Two, uh, watch your mouth. Well, the only thing the mayor of Chicago watches is, you know, about a, I roughly estimate about a thousand or more people have died in the city of Chicago, or been shot, pardon me, in the city of Chicago so far this year. And the number of dead has to be well over a hundred. And that's just an extremely rough estimate by me. Because uh, every weekend, you know, there are, this is just on the weekends. Uh, every Monday I read it in the news, you know, over 50 people have been shot in Chicago. And it's been over 100 a few times. Now, this is just from Friday night, at Friday at midnight till Sunday at midnight. Okay? A 48-hour period, and you have, you know, on average between 50 and 100 people shot and usually double digits killed. So, yeah, Mayor Lightning, Lightfoot is doing a, a bang-up job, I tell you. If, uh, I don't know what the fuck she's trying to do, to be honest. So, you know. Let's read on here and get the context of this conversation. So, McEnany thinks that Lightfoot is a derelict because of uh, the number of people being killed and shot in Chicago on a regular basis. Uh, a person told me Chicago is 35 square miles. So, it's a very large city. And most of this... Uh, shooting takes place on the south side or southeast side of Chicago. Um, McEnany called Lightfoot a derelict following a question about President Trump's response to the death of black people at the hands of police. On the internet, a Karen is a moniker for stereotypically, oh, this is bullshit. All right, stereotypically rude, middle-aged white woman. Yeah, so it's a racial slur. The type who demand to speak to the manager or call the police on black people in innocent situations. Lightfoot is no stranger to social media since the virus pandemic began. She used videos and memes to encourage residents to stay home. Uh, yeah, she's brash and no nonsense, whatever. Uh, where Lightfoot memes show the mayor watching over the city are popular mainstay in Chicago. 
on one Instagram page, the mayor pops up at a park, barricades people's homes as they consider going out. Um, so that's not that great. Um, that's a CNN article. What can I say? Um, there's links in the description to the article. Uh, so, yeah, why is it okay for her to use a, a racial slur towards Kaylee McEnany when Mayor Lightfoot is not another one of these people that has hog-tied her police department to the point of being unable to take care of the city and its problems. Uh, you know, she says a lot of things that she wants done in the city and uh, this and that. But I have yet to see where she's uh, doing anything to stop the crime. And you have, you know, good people being caught in the crossfire. A couple of weekends ago, uh, two bright young college students were murdered in, you know, gang and drug violence crossfire in Chicago. Um, you know, and then we hear, you know, Black Black Lives Matter wasn't made for uh, dealing with the problem in, like, the city of Chicago with black-on-black -black crime. That's according to Don Lemonade. Uh, he was trying to school, uh, who is it, Terry... Terry Owens, oh, a black actor named Terry, who's uh, a good actor. Um, he he's been on the trip that you know all lives matter. Uh, he said something you know we read your Bibles, pray, and don't let black lives become black life or don't let black lives matter become black lives better. Now, I understand when they say black lives matter, that doesn't mean that all other lives do not matter. I get it. And I'm with, I agree with the slogan. Now, the vice president of fundraising for black, the Black Lives Matter organization is a white woman, Susan Rosenberg, let me readjust myself here. Sorry, wanted to get comfortable. Um, Susan Rosenberg, who Bill Clinton pardoned uh, in the 1990s. In the 1980s, she was uh, arrested for her role in trying, in a, uh, not trying, in a bombing at the United States Capitol building. Susan Rosenberg. This is the vice president of fundraising 
for Black Lives Matter. So, yeah, they their money, I saw a breakdown of it. A lot of it went to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Um, more than likely, and I'm talking millions of dollars that they raised, went to white Democrat socialist presidential candidates. Did not go back into the black community, did not go towards... Uh, you know, teaching the police not to kill black people if that's what their goal is. It went to, you know, white Democrat politicians. Same ones that have been lying to the black community for decades and not done a damn thing to help them. So, what does all that mean? Mayor Lightfoot needs to get control of her city. Period. Point blank. Too many souls are dying on a regular basis in the city of Chicago. Um, but the mayor has the police out there ticketing churchgoers. And over the, the virus, the pandemic. And yeah, I was talking to my psychiatrist today. Um, and we both had our face masks on. And uh, when I sat down in his office, he pulled out his temperature gun and took my temperature. It was 97.9. And so... Uh, you know, church is a, a dangerous place. I didn't think of this, but when you're singing or talking loudly, like at a concert, your the the breath and mucus and whatever coming out of your mouth goes even further than when you're uh, just talking. So, uh, you know, yeah, that can be dangerous, but. Gun violence is pretty damn dangerous, too. Um, and I've talked about some radical things, extreme things, uh, like disarming criminals in Chicago, and people think, well, you're not conservative if you say that. There's nothing wrong with taking guns away from criminals. There's nothing wrong with busting back alley, you know, out of the back of a van or the trunk of a car, gun sales. That's illegal. Well, it, not really. I mean, it, it, at least as far as I know, in Ohio, I can sell somebody the gun, a gun and hope to hell they don't commit a crime with it. But, you know, the... Something's got to be done in Chicago. I mean, this woman's a fuck-up. This Lightfoot. You know, I no, I don't follow Chicago politics. It's insane. Um, it's one of the most corrupt historically. I mean, for Pete's sakes, you got, uh, you know, this is off subject, but the mayor, or the governor of California was involved in some uh, 
scandal when he was mayor of San Francisco that would like kill a normal person's political career. I mean, people talk about what Donald Trump says. The things that that Democrats actually do are horrendous. Uh, let's let's Google this. Gavin Newsom. S.F. Mayor Scandal. So, aid quits as Newsom's affair with his wife is revealed. So, he had a, an affair with one of it, the wife of one of his aides. How ignoramus is that? Um... And then he goes on to become the governor of the frickin' state. And you know what a crap hole San Francisco is, for crying out loud. Literally, it's a poop hole. That you can, there's an app for your phone where you can track the where the human feces is in the city of San Francisco. And then they go and elect the guy governor. Insane. So, before I blow a gasket, <laughs> oh, Trump. Yeah, people poke fun at the things Donald Trump says. Um, it, it's been a while, but he yesterday he was having a press conference um, where they were rolling back or changing uh, some government regulations. When he ran for office, he said that for every new government regulation they created, they had to eliminate two more or they weren't going to create the one. Uh, He wouldn't sign off on it. So... Actually, if you take the ratio, for every new regulation that's been created, he took back seven. Seven of it have come off the books. And one of the things that he said was, uh, we brought back the incandescent light bulb. Uh, I'm like, oh, Donald. I just knew in my... It's true. You know, they rolled back the energy regulation. The Obama administration actually made a law, a regulation, that we all had to put these new light bulbs in our homes that were more energy efficient. And I I, I bought them. I still have some in my cabinet. Um, And the box said that they were guaranteed to last 100 years. Well, I've replaced (laughs) a whole box worth and had to buy another box uh, in the, like, two or three years that this uh, regulation has been in effect. Uh, And, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But, you know, Trump said, you know, we brought back incandescent light bulbs, uh that they're cheaper for you as the consumer. 
Because, yeah, these fancy, you know, curly bulbs are like, you know, they can get expensive. Uh, you know, some of them are like 6 or $7 a piece. And an old-fashioned incandescent light bulb is uh, like a dollar or 50 cents or something. You know, now I don't know, you know, how many uh, companies are, are going back to the incandescent bulbs. You know, once they retool their factory to make the new ones, it's probably not easy to retool it to go backwards. Uh, but, you know, he got rid of that regulation. And you can buy the, the fancy, you know, supposedly energy efficient bulbs if you would like, or you can buy the old-fashioned, slightly less energy-efficient light bulbs. Um, it's up to you, you know. If you buy a 60-watt incandescent light bulb um, for, you know, a few pennies, or, you know, less than a dollar, you're using 60 watts of electricity. If you buy one of these new, I don't know what the hell they're called, I call them Dairy Queen Curly Q light bulbs because the first ones that came out, they were like uh, curly in shape. Um, if you buy one of those, like they use something like um, 10 watts of electricity and put out 60 or 100 watts of light. And they do, they are brighter than the old incandescent bulbs and whatever, but you know, it's just the government to force things down our throats is ridiculous. You know, all you've got to do is come out with a marketing campaign uh, and private industry will take over you know when the government was trying to force electric cars on all of us what happened nothing you know they came up with the Chevy Volt and the Chevy Volt was going to save the Lordstown GM factory and Obama was going to buy the first one off the assembly line uh, the Chevy G GM factory is went out of business and now it's called uh, Lordstown Motor Company and it's a completely different company uh, it's, in diff it's owned by somebody different than General Motors although General Motors is supporting them uh, is kind of a blind partner, a silent partner, and uh, it's going to be a brand new kind of pickup truck that runs on electricity and takes $24 per year to fuel with electricity. So the private industry took over where government failed. Uh, the the Tesla automobile blew the government-backed Chevy Volt away. I mean, the Chevy Volt never made it past the concept stage.
but Tesla automobiles and Elon Musk are like flying off the lots and they're an awesome car and they keep innovating uh, you know at first you could get like 600 miles uh, per battery charge now they're come up with ones that you know you can get like a thousand miles uh, and you know they're, they're getting better and better at it uh, and this Lordstown Motor Company truck pickup truck they're coming up with is going to be even better than that or as good as that at least uh, but anyways not going to go into that but pri private sector will come out with something better than government what government regulation forces on us if you can show people hey you'll save x number of dollars on your electric bill if you buy this new light bulb and you make this new light bulb at a price that people can afford then they're going to use the new light bulb but instead the government said ah, no more production of incandescent light bulbs they're inefficient they're wasting too much electricity it's a drain on our power system and our electrical grid and we hate coal-powered power plants, and we hate nuclear power plants, so we got to force everyone to buy these uh, light bulbs that take less energy and can, uh, you know, someday we can switch everyone over to uh, sunshine power and windmills. And that was... That's the way it was going to be. The government was going to force it on you. You know, that's that. If you can't afford it, the light bulbs that... I have like three burnout ones in my chandeliers right now. My kitchen ceiling fan, there's two light bulbs burn out that were supposed to last 100 years. <laughs> and there's another one burn out in my dining room chandelier. So much for uh, government regulation. So, good old Rachel Nichols. One of the, uh, Rachel is one of the let me get that split up. So Rachel's gorgeous for one thing. Get my stogie stoking here. Um, I didn't even know what the name of the stupid show on ESPN was called that she hosts. Um, but uh, I, I've always liked Rachel Nichols. Uh, she's beautiful. You know, I'm a guy, okay? <laughs> but evidently she has a creeper. Um, somebody leaked a recording of her, okay, to this uh, website called deadspin.com. 
and it's a sports related site it's kind of a funny name but um, for a sports.com but I guess that you know that would get your attention uh, this is the I mean I vaguely remember hearing of deadspin.com before this story broke but uh, now it's ingrained in my memory um, ESPN the headline is ESPN creep used the jump video feed to secretly record Rachel Nichols in her hotel room video got sent to us so <coughs> it took me a minute to figure out what you know what was going on here um, because initially when they were talking about this the person sent uh, deadspin.com a 30-minute phone conversation that Rachel was having with executives at ESPN uh, or some sort of bosses. I, I don't want to say executives exactly, but uh, she was having this conversation where she was kind of lobbying them to let her be the host of the of the NBA Finals. Honestly, I haven't followed the NBA in years. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll watch clips of this show with Rachel Nichols if um, there's like a good debate uh, about something between, you know, former NBA players. Um, Scottie Pippen is on the show quite a bit. He was one of my favorite people. Um, Rachel's cool. She was like a pioneer in women's uh, sports reporting. She started like one place I read started in 1994 at some small Florida television station. Uh, and then she started doing sideline reporting for uh, the NFL and NBA for ESPN uh, and I think she kind of paved the way for uh, you know like the Aaron Andrews's uh, and those people uh, Aaron is stunning so I'm sure that helped her a lot but because um, a lot of times when you listen to Aaron talk she's not too bright uh, well, that's kind of how she comes across. That's probably how she's supposed to come across. Um, but nonetheless, you know, when I think of the the first women uh, in uh, sports media, you know, Linda Cohn was on uh, was one was the anchor for Sports Center, one of the anchors, and she was great at it. Uh, for um, ESPN Sports Center, uh, then you had Bonnie Bernstein uh, in the '90s. Uh, she covered 
uh, she worked for ESPN, but for some reason I remember her covering a lot of Notre Dame games. That might just be a coincidence or something I remember. But she was, you know, uh, at the NFL stadiums when, you know, uh, Chris Berman and them would, you know, say, and at Lambeau Field, so-and-so, here's Bonnie Bernstein. And then she would do her little, you know, report about uh, whatever information she gathered at the game. Uh, I don't know what Bonnie does now. <coughs> but then, uh, you know, you had Susie Colbert, who Joe Namath wanted to kiss. And then you, you had Rachel Nichols. And then, of course, the, you know, Aaron Andrews and um, Tracy Wolfson. Tracy lady that does that's the mainstay on the sidelines for CBS Tracy Wolf something well anyways um so I think Rachel was like probably the third one to really become a big star then she jumped from ESPN to CNN and they were gonna do uh, a sports show that focused on her uh on CNN and it didn't like everything on CNN it didn't go well so she came back to ESPN um, this article says late last night an anonymous party sent a dead spin reporter four videos which appeared to be a cell phone recording of a video feed that shows ESPN's Rachel Nichols host of the afternoon NBA show The Jump in a phone conversation with an unidentified man about personal matters at the network. Nichols, whose face never appears on camera, and the other party to the call discuss Nichols' career, ESPN staff, and the worldwide leader's decision about who will host the worldwide leaders. I think that means ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. Uh, decision as to who will host the network's coverage of the e the NBA Finals in light of privacy concerns and our being unable to view the entire conversation recorded, we have chosen not to detail the conversation or post the video of the call. Sources have told Deadspin the entire video of Nichols' conversation was 30 minutes long. Deadspin received about four minutes of edited footage. It is also worth noting the videos were sent to Deadspin at an attempt to discredit Nichols' job status with ESPN and with the public at large, with the anonymous source texting our reporter that the video would expose Nichols as a backstabber and phony ally. Now, I had a discussion with a, a fellow who played 
uh, football at Penn State, and he um, he had some derogatory things to say about Rachel, um, but I'm not going to go there. I think you know Rachel Nichols, like I said, was one of the pioneering women uh, in sports reporting. Uh, you know, Linda Cohn doesn't get the the credit she deserves for anchoring. Um, what's that thing called that I just said? Sports Center uh, for as many years as she did. I mean, almost all of the '90s, because I was really into sports when I was in high school. And junior high and uh, you know my last I don't know what the frick ever but you know Linda was on there till the 2010s at least so got good good 20-year run or more for Linda Cohn at ESPN uh, and like I said you know then I remember Susie Colbert and Bonnie Bernstein coming and then Rachel Nichols was kind of the third one so, you know, this person wanted to discredit her. Um, and it's a cutthroat world, man. You've got to work hard to get to where she is in uh, the entertainment business and a sports world. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's what you have to do. Especially uh, if you're a female, uh, it's even harder because you're covering sports that are dominated by men. And uh, who's the other one that's really cute blonde that's kind of faded off? She's a big wrestling fan. Well, anyways, Rachel, to his face, called out Floyd Mayweather on, you know, like, he was arrested for domestic violence, and she called him on it to his face after he got out of jail and continued his boxing career. Uh, You know, after being in jail, Floyd simmered down a little, I think. Um, You know, they had the huge $100 million fight with Conor McGregor. Um, and, you know, that, then what was, I think that was technically Floyd Mayweather's retirement fight too, where he beat, you know, McGregor, who was supposed to be the greatest fighter in the world because he was the top guy in mixed martial arts at the time. And then after that fight, McGregor lost uh, an MMA fight. Um, But, uh, and then Floyd Mayweather, you know, fought a professional kickboxer and beat that guy. But, you know, McGregor wasn't allowed to use MMA moves and the kickboxer wasn't allowed to kick. So they were basically fighting Floyd under on his terms and not theirs. So anyway, aside from that, you know, Rachel had a lot of character to uh, call out Floyd Mayweather on his domestic violence issues. 
and you know, should he be? I think she asked him, you know, if he should be allowed back into boxing after you know he hit his wife or girlfriend and spent time in jail. Um, see if I can get the Christine Leahy. No, that's not it. So, oh, there she is. I'm obsessed with finding out this person's name. Michelle Beadle. That's who it was. She's the other one that called out Floyd Mayweather on his domestic violence crap. Um, so, yeah, th this is um, pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, this guy, ESPN ought to be able to figure out who did this. Because how many people had access to that jump, jump, the jump uh, feed? What they did was they set up cameras because, you know, the NBA is trying to get its season started. And they have a lot of people, anybody that's going to be covering uh, an NBA game and players and everything else in what's called the... Um, NBA bubble right now. So, as part of her bubble, you know, Rachel is quarantined to her um, hotel room and can't leave. She has to go get, or she has to be tested for the virus seven straight times and not fail, not test positive in any of those tests. And then she can uh, have the NBA's permission to uh, go on and uh broadcast uh, broadcast at NBA games um, so but I, I don't know was this person trying to get like pictures of her in her hotel room you know naked uh, and then sell them to some site uh, you know but there, how many people at ESPN knew about that feed? I mean, we all knew about it if you watched this show uh, because there were other people that had the cameras in their hotel rooms or wherever and could stream into uh, this television show. But, <clears throat> you know, who would know how to do it? Who would know how to turn that camera on without her knowing it uh, and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, they caught this phone conversation uh, 
and, and tried to leak it. So, you know, but there's nothing wrong with someone lobbying and fighting and trying to, uh, you know, increase their status in, in their line of business. It happens every day. And if you're, if you're serious about your job and you're not fighting to take it to the next level, then why are you at your job? You know what I'm saying? Why are you in uh, television? Why are you in sports? Why, why are you in sports television? If you're not, you know, wanting to be the, recognized as the best. And, you know, if <clears throat> you want to be, she wants to be known and go down in history and be acknowledged today as the top female or top person in the, you know, the NBA coverage world, then yeah, she should be fighting and lobbying and, uh, whatever she has to do to get that spot hosting the NBA finals. So uh, that, that's my take on it. Um, and, uh, I, I think Rachel's cool, you know, she's, she's cool with me. Um, takes a lot of courage for someone like her or Michelle Beadle, uh, to, you know, be out there in what's stereotypically a man's world. Frankly, I, I being a man, aside from a few guys, uh, I would rather see the attractive female sideline reporter or the attractive female host. Uh, you know, I like the new uh, ESPN Sunday morning countdown uh, with the female host. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But, you know, her husband was uh, Samantha Ponder. That's it, Sam Ponder. She was a sideline reporter, too, and she's, you know, risen up to now. She's the host of uh, Sunday Morning Countdown for the NFL on ESPN. Uh, you know, and these women have to be aggressive. They have to be assertive. All women should be assertive and aggressive in their jobs. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to charge ahead and be the best at what you do? Uh, male or female, you know, so anyways, with that, you know, God bless you guys, thanks for listening to me talk for 48 minutes, uh, see you the next time, pray for one another, and uh, God bless America, please God, let President Trump get reelected, please, 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 please. alright, sorry for that, uh, I really do pray for our president uh, every day, even when he does stupid things like reinvent the incandescent light bulb and brag about it. Uh, the media's been having a field day with him on that. Oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and Trump's bragging about incandescent light bulbs. Well, it was a, you know, there's other things for the president to do. You know, the health experts are going to tell the governors, the president, and everybody what to do on the on the virus.
you know. But the president has to do other things too. So anyways, God bless you. Pray for each other. Sorry I took 50 minutes of talking, but hopefully it was informative. <laughs>